Welcome, everyone, to Rhythm Encounter Music of the Year 2015. I'm your host, Stephen Myring, Taylor's on the boards. I cannot believe this is the fourth time we are doing Music of the Year. That is crazy. This is only the third podcast, third time we've done the podcast as Rhythm Encounter. But uh, we have a big old cast of people, a big old cast of music, and I'm just really excited to get to the end so I can pick the final song and pick a really good one, and I'm thinking about it, and it's really hard now. But anyway... Joining me today is my co-host. Hi guys, Caitlin Arjos, Leon Cazero on the boards, and I want to talk about some music. I don't know about you guys. I do as well. Also joining us to talk about music is our co-co-host. Hey, I'm Mike Salvato, Mike on the boards. And we also have a gaggle of other RPG fan vets around. You guys, you guys aren't the new kids on the block anymore. You're all boring and old. Sorry. Aww. Speaking of boring and old, Peter, introduce yourself. <laughs> I guess I sort of had that one coming. Hi, I'm Peter. Um, I have Fury on the boards. You may hear me from such shows as Retro Encounter and this music show. That's an awesome list of shows, I must say. I, I think it covers a very wide range of topics. And we also have, not, you know, Peter, you're awesome, but we, we have you. some more people. Mike Solosi. Hi, I'm Mike Solosi. I'm Monsoon on the boards, and I was old and boring before joining RPG Fan, so I'm just ahead of the game. That's true, but you're not the Monsoon for Metal Gear Revengeance, so... No, I'm not. But if you wanted to be, we could call Caitlin Sundowner, and I could be the other guy who talks about memes. This sounds like an excellent fanfic in the making, but uh, there's one more person here on the podcast, isn't there? Yes, he is the lightning, the wind reborn. That's your cue. That's your cue, Marcos. <laughs> hey, Marcos, Gaspar, Valdarmar, the boards. And speaking of old people, if anyone gets that championship or title, it's me. My avatar's Toa. Get out. Is your avatar Toa? It looks like a hot dog. Looks like a corgi. <laughs> no, on the, on the forums, <laughs> on the it's forums. Yeah. But right now, oh. it, is a, it is a corgi dressed as a hot dog, and I, I, I laugh internally every time I see it. It rules. Well, I guess you got me there. We do have you there, but we also have you here. Oh, man, that was a great segue. So at this point, I think everyone should be familiar with how we do music of the year. We have our RPG Fit editors together, and you gentlemen are joining us today with your picks. Uh, Mike's, Caitlin, and mine are going to be coming at a later time. Uh, we'll have a few guests in between there, I believe, as well. But let's not beat around the bush. Let's start talking about music, because we are going to be doing this for a while. Uh, I think, Marcos, you uh, picked our first track. This is the first track of Music of the Year 2015, so all the pressure is on you to make it one that truly introduces us to this whole new world of music that came out in 2015. What did you pick, Marcos? Ooh, I'm getting the tingles here. Uh, for myself, I chose uh, a Z5 Mirror uh, from the soundtrack uh, of Blade Chronicles X, uh, composer Sawano, and I think you guys are going to like this. Next up, I believe, Mike Solosi, you had a pick, yes? Right. I picked Death by Glamour from Undertale. It's one of the boss battles in the second half of the game, and it's a pretty interesting song, I think. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you soon. I am as well. I'm also looking forward to getting there in the game. I'll, I'll try to provide some non-spoiler context, but yeah, we'll, Excellent. we'll hear about it soon. Speaking of non-spoiler context, his nickname in high school, Peter, what did you pick for your song? Um, 
The song I picked was White Thunder from Final Fantasy Type <laughs> Zero HD. I am giving I, you horrible introductions for everything, and I'm sorry. It's, I'm not sure what that title says about me, but White it's a Thunder. but it's a really good song. And I yeah, let's talk about it. Let's listen to it and then talk about it. Let us hit the skies of Mira and not suffer from death by glamour as White Thunder crashes down. Let's go ahead and take a listen to our first block.
So yeah, that was Mira. Great piece. I love it. And the reason why I chose it is because it's a very aggressive uh, piece, uh, especially in the beginning when you get that very aggressive percussion together with that uh, sitar. It's a very attractive, exotic feeling to it. It's very dramatic. And uh, I think one of my favorite things about that track, uh, just in general of any of the tracks from the Xenoblade Chronicles X soundtrack, is uh, any type of singing, whether it's like a male or female uh, solo voice or just a choir, because you get smashed with that like wherever you go and i love it love especially at 153 on the song where that female voice enters in and just wails these beautiful notes and just it, it sends like chills down my spine and it's just a beautiful piece uh the beginning then it'll you'll notice like later it'll split into like different portions uh where it, it'll cover other places of the game and i think that's good because it offers a an excellent snapshot of the game and the world of Mira, giving it a like a very beauty exotic nature, but also posing a haunting uh, danger looming above everyone as well. Yeah, that, that yeah. sums it up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really latched on to the. Uh, I mean, you you mentioned a couple times that it seems exotic, but that really aggressive percussion at the beginning, I adored because I mean, I I love taiko drums. I was in marching bands and drum lines for many years, and and like there's, there's even like a uh, a call in the first minute that sounds almost like a break in a bongra song or something. It's <laughs> it, it's it's really aggressive and fast moving, gets your pulse going. It's uh. I, I have not played Xenoblade Chronicles X. I don't know. I don't know the context of this song at all. But I thought it was a really, really cool track. Well, the context is actually an interesting point. It's the reason why I like this track in this this first portion, especially to start off our our music of the year coverage, because this plays right at the beginning of the game when you really get your first real good look at what Mira looks like and the first area where you you're in. You're the Depending on how long you've been idling around, it might be nighttime, but the sun comes up, the mists recede, and you see this vast landscape and lots of crazy animals while this song is playing. And the exotic nature of it kind of fits the, the idea of you're on this foreign planet with some weird-looking creatures. You're, so, you're stuck on a whole different planet. Yeah, that. Yeah, but, I'm not. But, I don't want to sound cliche, but this world sucks. But the music does it, not. It, that, that it just hits you in the face like that that's the scene that it plays and the song itself just hits you in the face with how strange and utterly alien this place is but also like kind of gets you pumped for the adventure you're going to you're in for like it's a really exciting song i think that like that it just underscores like everything this game is all about and i wrote down too that i think xenoblade soundtracks it shouldn't work but it totally does it's such a bizarre mix of of genres and vocalists and all this other like totally off the wall stuff that somehow comes together into this really really interesting soundscape that's a ton of fun to listen to i think it works very well in context you know when i first heard it i was not sure it would be as compelling as the first game soundtrack but a they're sort of doing something different with it and b i really think it suits the style of the game because the game does have this sort of weird quasi dark but also sort of goofy sci-fi style that i think the music really suits well yeah um, and as the main theme for the planet i think the mirror track is fantastic you hear phrases of this and a lot of the other tracks in the game uh 
I, I wish this was, you know, the main theme for one of the areas, this actual version with these vocals. But as a, as a main theme that the rest of the soundtrack draws from, I think this is a really strong piece. Yeah, I, I eventually started growing to like a lot of this music that I wasn't sure about at first. But I think it definitely, now that I've played um, a lot of the game, it, it definitely works better in context. Yeah. You, you, you get it more, and I wasn't sure I would. I didn't really know what how this stuff is going to work, because it's very... Well, it's not what you expect. Especially coming off the first game. And I don't yeah. know if, who among you, when we're recording this, has looked at our games of the year, but the reader's choice for, like, best sound of the year mm -hmm. was, was actually this game, and I was really shocked. Because one thing we've always talked about was we thought that the soundtrack was not going to, like, really sit well with people, but that was what people liked most of all the music this year. So I'm so impressive. proud of yeah. all of you guys. <laughs> so Bravo. proud. Bravo, all of you. I, I, I definitely have heard my fair share of people that find the music utterly repugnant. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're wrong, so it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's basically, it's like the rest of the, of the game. Like, you, everyone was expecting, like, hey, I want a sequel that's just like the first one, and nothing in this is really like the first one. Except the combat, I guess. But the music is not what you expect in the story, and it's just really different. But I'm glad some, a bunch of people liked it. This song does not make it any easier to me avoid buying a Wii U. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, I, no, no, no. It's worth it. I, I, I got bills, man. I got a mortgage. I can't do it. But uh, yeah, I, every single um, every single track I hear from Xenoblade Chronicles X sort of reminds me that this is not the same as its predecessor, but doesn't make it any less interesting or crazy seeming. Like, I, I'm still not sure what to think of that game, having not played it and having heard people talk about it a lot, but its soundtrack, I would not say it's as bad as Steven's former friends say it is, because obviously you're not friends with those people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of awesome music in an awesome or unexpected package, I don't know, both perhaps, Mike, you want to talk about your pick from Undertale? Yeah, un unexpected word. Yeah, <laughs> unexpected is the word because I don't think anyone could have predicted how successful and popular Undertale would be uh, would end up being like Sorry. say early in 2015. But of it's, course, it, now that it's popular, it is also popular to hate Undertale. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, that'll happen with any popular thing naturally. But I did play Undertale and like it in 2015, and the music really stood out to me because sometimes it's. You know, un it's ob like unequivocally, obviously, an 8-bit or 16-bit homage to something. And but then it has some—they make some really weird decisions, and it, the music goes really weird places, like the the Temi Village song and the spook wave stuff that the sad ghost plays in his apartment. It's, well, what's also interesting is that Toby Fox, the creator-composer, yeah, uh, made use of sound fonts from a lot of classic games. There's, uh, yeah. You know, one one song uses the Castlevania sound font from Super Nintendo. One uses the Earthbound one. There's, I believe, FF6. You know, yeah, the, um, the music box from uh, um, sound font from Chrono Trigger makes its appearance in uh, one some late game sad music. There's, it's it, it's so weird that sometimes he uses some sound like sound libraries that are clearly, you know, beyond the purview of 8-bit music. And sometimes it's stuff that's really obviously living comfortably in like you know a 16-bit. SNES soundtrack, but like 
like now going back to the song at hand this is um death by glamour which is a the second half of a boss battle and that's late in the game most of the boss battles have a like first have a first part one boss battle and a part two and this is sort of the significant part two of a later boss battle it's like the the saxophone in the last minute of the song it doesn't sound like a real saxophone it sounds like a weird video game 1995 saxophone and like how self-aware toby fox is drawing from all these different sources and having something that sounds video gamey and not true to life and not strictly homage is there's a lot of cool tricks all over the undertale soundtrack but i like this track in particular because of how it switches up on us and how energetic it is and the boss the boss battle is sort of showbiz themed so it almost feels like you're in like a like a like a dance show or something it, it fits and it's weird and i really like death by glamour it kind yes of, it, it kind of sounds to me like when i was listening to it and maybe it was just the word glamour in the title but i was getting this like faux glam rock like vibe from it which and it was interesting how despite the amount of synth that this song is using it still comes through into a really coherent melody throughout and much like an older rock song and yeah i, I really i really like this track it's it, it made me curious as to as to what was going on and in the background of it if you had played this boss battle you'd understand there's a lot going on you're <laughs> It, it keeps you on your toes. It, it, yeah, it's, well... It's on my to-do list. You know, I'm not. I'm totally not playing the game as we speak. Um, mm-hmm. I, I but, see you in my yeah. Steam friends list right now, Stephen. But the game, you know, there's a lot of emphasis put on the music because there's a lot of real instruments in the in the soundtrack as well. You know, there's piano, yeah. there's xylophone. You Dude, know, there's, real, the, there's real piano and guitar being played sometimes, and sometimes it's clearly a video game sound library. Yeah, and that's and that creates a really interesting, very modern sound, despite combining very old style sounds with more realistic sounds. Toby Fox has actually, I believe he's even said too, that you know, some people look at Undertale and they go, Oh, ugly, I don't want to play that, and that was my reaction too, although I do think the game gets prettier as it goes along. But uh he said that he spent more time and money on the music, and as a person who is, you know, we're on a music of the year podcast. I, I think we should really appreciate that because this is a game with a really, really carefully executed soundtrack. Th- this is not just I wrote music and put it in the game. The way the music is implemented is very interesting. You know, different playthroughs, characters will have themes that become a different theme depending on the way you're playing through the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is how you get to some of the most popular songs in the game. Uh, and, you know,. Death by Glimmer is actually not one of my favorite songs in the soundtrack. I do like it, because I think the whole soundtrack has a lot of personality, uh, and I wonder if maybe we'll see anything else from it later. But, again, like you said, the way the music sort of ties into the character it's associated with, or the the sequence it's associated with, is very clear to me, even with only a few hours in the game. Because these are... They're all themes. They are not just songs. And that's that's the, the strong melodies and everything, I think, are meant to elicit feelings of whichever character they're associated with yeah i listening to this song gives me flashbacks to the uh when i was trying to do a a low damage level one pacifist run of this game that's what i'm doing right now yeah it well i I actually don't i wouldn't recommend that for a first playthrough uh but the but i i mean a lot of people do that do that anyway but that's what i'm doing (laughs) yeah 
Well, well, I mean, you won't be able to get the pacifist ending because some uh, some pacifist required stuff can only be done in the second playthrough. Bastards. But, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but the song serves the personality of the boss and the action taking place in the boss battle, and it's it's very clear as if you pay attention to the music as you're playing that a lot of thought went into the execution and placement of Undertale's music. It's uh, I I really recommend buying that soundtrack. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the it's the sort of thing that comes about when you have one person in total creative control of the project that can backfire. Uh, but in this case, I think it's clear that one person's mindset was behind how this music was placed and used and written. Yeah, everything I've heard has been awesome, including this track. I love how it starts. Really, it's got such a catchy opening. So yeah, and, that, and that I think that piano and that, that four on the floor danceable beat is the only really persistent thing in the song. It it you know it, it builds and then voices come and go until it really drops into that dope saxophone towards the end. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool how it starts off with just the one line and then things get added like successively throughout the track to build on its complexity. But but it always sort of keeps that sort of basic melodic line in the background. Which is, I, I like it when, when tracks do that, you know, yeah, the, start with something simple and just build. You don't always have to have, you know, a verse and a refrain and a bridge and all those weird things. I like it when they do that, but simple stuff like this that sort of just adds complexity over time can work too. Which reminds me of another track that we listen to in this block. I wonder what track that could be. Take it away, White Thunder. Something, White something, Thunder. Something, something, Type Zero. I think the thing about Type Final Fantasy Type Zero, uh, having played, we have, since we finally had the chance to play it this year, is that it's it's a little beyond itself. Like the music is really, is probably the best part of the game, I would say, and it tries to tackle some really heavy themes, but it's kind of constrained by the game itself. And I think nowhere is this more apparent than with the way the four nations in this game are handled. Because the two major main ones, Suzaku, um, Rubrum, and uh, Rubrum is what they called it in the US, and Milites, both have very distinct themes. White Thunder is one of the tracks for Milites, and the words that I wrote down for them are regality and industry. I think this song perfectly, it kind of encapsulates that this is an ancient culture um, very steeped in tradition and kind of a, a very warlike um, society that has been brought into the modern age. And considering their big thing is technology and weapons of war and mechanization, I think kind of the way the song contrasts between the electric, electric guitar and um, the chorus, I think, is a really interesting mix for how this country is um, portrayed. There's also a scene at one point in the game um, kind of near the middle of the game where you ha where you actually are on standby in Militess and it's one of the few times in the game where you actually get a glimpse into one of the other cultures in the game that isn't mm. just home base and I, I don't know I, that, that's the other thing I think Type, type Zero's music and themes are a little beyond the structure of the game itself because you don't really get a lot of like quiet moments like that where you just kind of get to learn more about it. But that's just where I got the idea that you, you were, that's where I, I think that's kind of what this song ends up representing, in my head at least. Yeah, it's an yeah, interesting... You know... Sorry. Good. 
I was going to say an interesting point about one of the, the themes you wrote down being military, because it it does sound kind of like a rock uh, military march, almost. Yeah. Like, it has that re- that sort of repetitive, like, the basic theme, again, is, is always played there sort of in the background for a good portion of the track, and it gets built on and built on, which kind of fits this sort of, like, something you would march by. And the thing I actually found the most interesting about this is... I actually went in, I used a keyboard to, te- to verify this because it's been a while since I've had to judge intervals uh, by, by listening to them. But with the main theme, it's kind of cool how the they build on the main melodic line like with each pass through. And the first intervals that you hear right off the bat is like a fifth, and then the next major one is a fourth, and then the last one is a third. And I thought that was a really cool thing that they did. Eventually, at the end, you have like almost like a full chord uh, of, of sorts being played with these different intervals. And yeah. I thought that was a really cool feature. It's not something that I hear in a lot of video game music, but it's a cool feature, to be sure. Definitely. I also find it interesting. I, I think you're right that the game sort of reaches beyond itself. Um, and I, I wrote that in my review, too. I think it's a really interesting game that's trying to do a lot of things that it doesn't always succeed at. Which is why I'd like to see you know, a Type 0 2 or a Type 1 where Tabata and the team have a chance to sort of expand on those themes with a little bit more budget. Because again, this is originally a PSP game that they sort of they had so much license to do weird stuff with it because it was not you know, this big budget AAA console game. And uh, so I think, I agree. I think the music is actually very sophisticated. I, I would I would not disagree that it's probably the strongest part of the game because it's clear there was a sophisticated mindset behind a lot of the way the game was created, even if the gameplay couldn't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to say the music is very thematic. And I, I think this absolutely shows in this track as well, like you were saying. Which is all a really roundabout way of saying I hope there's a sequel. Yeah, it's I think it's actually it's a reprise of an earlier track that plays during um, background conversations with Militesi soldiers, but um, that version is a lot softer. I think, and this one is um, I think it's specific to a certain character actually, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. I haven't played it yes. since March. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Cool. I dig it. Good yeah. selections, gentlemen. I think we should move on to the next block. What say ye? Ye's. Yees, not yees as in ease, but yees as in yeeals. Well, I mean, you say ease, but the next track, I think, is from the Falcom Sound Team. Ooh, smooth, and I bet you picked it. That's how you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the uh, the first track of the next block is Hazy Moon from Tokyo Xanadu, which was a 2015 game in Japan and is a yet-to-be-determined game in other regions. We should keep our fingers crossed on that one. I've been keeping my fingers crossed on that one since I saw the first trailers for the game. <laughs> yeah, you you actually linked it to me earlier, and I ended up listening to some music. Uh, it's got some, I would say, some really solid music, and also some very Falcom music, which I use as a sort of backhanded <laughs> compliment. When I hear it sounds like Falcom, I take it entirely as a compliment. Yeah, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. I, I understand where people might swing the other way, but I, I don't. So yeah, I mean, well, you know, three doors okay, down maybe, maybe sounds should, like three doors down, too. Sure. So. <laughs> maybe we should save it for after we play the track. So um, who has the next one? Um, Peter. That would, that would be me. And I, I picked something a little different for this one. This is an original song that is about a game. 
its series song, Lady of Worlds. Um, it's a song up dedicated to The Witcher 3 by Miracle of Sound. He's a witcher. Why does his hair look like that? Marcos, what's your track? My track comes from uh, this, the game Shining Resonance. Has it come out here in America, sadly, but the track's name is Kirisaku uh, Ungeki. That's the best I can yes. do for you. <laughs> hey, you did fine. Thank you. Cool. Well, I would continue talking about these and saying devil's advocate type comments, but first, let's go ahead and take a listen to Hazy Moon, Siri Song, Lady of Worlds, and Kirisaku Ongeki.
Persona 3 called, uh, it wants its soundtrack back. But... Persona 3 called, it it wants its entire look back. I mean, <laughs> Tokyo Xanadu is set in a high school with high school students with superpowers fighting demons at night. It's a, There's a lot of Persona 3 DNA in Tokyo Xanadu. And I, I say that. Guys have played Cold Steel at all, but Cold Steel is literally just Persona 4 with a different cast. Yeah, for some reason, a lot. I mean, Persona 3 and 4 came out six, seven years ago, and now there's a zillion RPGs set at Japanese style high schools. You know, you I'm, know? I'm totally okay with that, though, because this, this song and this game looks. It's just like Yeez and Persona just had a, a really, really epic night out, and this is the result of their union. <laughs> And their, it's their love child. You say it's the ease knees. It's the ease knees. It has Adol's wow. red. It has oh, Adol's okay, you... <laughs> It has Adol's red hair and Medado's like wondrously thin pale frame. All right. Well, if we can continue this awkward Ethan persona analogy, it's like two of my best friends that would be really great together finally hooked up and started dating, and that is what Tokyo Xanadu is. Well said. I. I love East. I love Persona. I've probably talked about them on podcasts before, and I've been excited for uh, for for Persona 5 as well, but for Tokyo Xanadu, as soon as I saw the first couple gameplay trailers. So I, uh, and I also paid attention to the soundtrack when it came out in October, and man, it is super dope. It's like uh, Stephen mentioned before the songs played, you can hear Falcom, Sound Team, JDK all over the soundtrack. But it's a little, it's a little persona flavored, a little bit more urban sounding, a little sort of dancey, trancey. But it is so cool, and Hazy Moon is just such a smooth song. I've listened to that at the gym probably 30 times the past 60 days, and yeah, I, I really like everything in it from uh, from like how how the the percussion sort of bright throughout. But it's um, a little bit more understated in its in its melody and counter melody. The flute sounds great. The guitar break in the towards the middle sounds great. I, I think it's a really cool song. I was joking a little bit when I said that it sounds like Falcom. When I say that, I'm, I'm, well, sort, it, of, I mean, I'm sort of I'm sort of playfully ribbing it. Falcom has a huge variety of styles. They do. It's not like one Falcom song is all the same. Right. Yeah. I think there are hallmarks that different musicians at Sound Team JDK can pull off quite well. And, you know, I, I, I do think that sometimes that leads to, and even with, like, Yoko Shimomura, who I love, sometimes that quintessential style leads to tracks that are clearly filler. And I do think, despite the feverish praise the JDK band gets, they have a lot of, this is very good filler, but it's still filler. And then they have the heavy hitting tracks that are really great. That said, this song here, I really like the tone and the style in it. It sort of, it really does elicit the kind of atmosphere, I would think, from its title. Um, and it, it does, I don't know if I would say, I know Peter made a joke, Persona 3 wants its music back. I'm just, I'm just not sure I agree with that assessment. I mean, I know it's a joke, but. Uh, Peter, um, if you, um, that statement holds up a lot better with other tracks, like, uh, some of the tracks of hanging around at school in the morning sound like they were ripped straight for, straight from Persona 3. Oh but, yeah, the, uh, you know the, the, I, the school I, tracks I, in Cold Steel also sound like they are yeah. very Persona inspired. And I yeah, was probably throw... kidding. Oh okay, I, I, but I, I, I do think Hazy like I do think the song has a, a unique feel to it that is distinctly like Falcom. Like I mean, distinctly Falcom. What does that even mean? But it, it's 
it, it sounds like its own thing. But I think given violence. Yeah, like, like Falcom Jazz, this track in particular, though. It's very smooth. Like, if that's a word that can be used to describe music, then that is what I am oh, yeah, using totally. to describe this track. Um, it can only be used to describe chocolate milk. Or whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> don't, I, I don't know really I'm, I'm not, not going to make the joke. I just don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, so it's a, it's a cool song. Um... I didn't know this when I first listened to it, but Marcos mentioned to me off air that uh, it plays during a, I think it's a, a Japanese park at night. Is uh, what you told me, is that, is that right, is that right, man? Yeah, it's like one of those dungeons. It, it's like a foresty uh, kind of park-like area. So, 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 like, so like a wooded urban area, but at night? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the way I could try I'm pretty sure there's a better way of describing it. Or maybe I'm just incorrect and I'm just fooling the rest of you. We won't and know. We'll know until the game comes out. Yeah. Keep our fingers crossed. My fingers have been crossed for months now. It's it's really awkward trying to type. Actually, my fingers. Have well, been crossed. we're all hoping <laughs> our official Falcom translators exceed will lay their hands upon this, but they seem to be quite busy with a million other Falcom games right now. So who knows? Yes. It's kind I'm, of bad. I'm, I'm in the middle of playing two Trails games right now with no end in sight. Okay, well, the end is in sight, but it's uh, I'll be playing these for a lot of hours, okay? It's quite far away. Speaking of games, you'll be playing for a lot of hours. Oh, boy. Or not, oh. as the case may be. Um, because I haven't played The Witcher 3, yet I still chose a song that's about The Witcher 3. Because I've, I, I haven't played Tokyo Xanadu either, so, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> but I love this artist. Um, Miracle Sound used to work for The Escape... Uh, Gav uh, used to work for The Escapist. He's an Irish guy, really talented at putting and mixing together all these this, these songs. Before The Witcher 3 came out, um, he did another song called um, Wake the White Wolf and a heavy metal version of it that I was uh, really quite fond of. And oh, yeah, that actually used some um, melodies from Witcher 2. Did it? Yeah, cool. Uh, I, I think I tried to sneak it onto Music of the Year last year, but for some reason I took it out of my final picks. So I'm rectifying that with Lady of Worlds. Which, um, even without the context of having played the game, wa just watching the music video and seeing um, and hearing the way the vocals interact with each other, it's like Geralt and Siri are singing a duet um, about each other. To me, like it's it sounds like very much like this. This I mean, it's like an adopted daughter. Is that kind of how their relationship is? Uh, yeah. By the time of The Witcher Three. Yeah. So it's like, and and you, and you kind of get that that very like close of uh, familial sense from the song i think the male vocals suit it perfectly it sounds yes honestly like Garrett could be singing this um well sorry sorry i, I keep almost cutting you off because i'm excited to talk about this but continue no I, and even though this isn't a song from the game it totally works in the like it sounds like that same kind of like celtic yes like it, it perfectly suits the witcher and yeah, I absolutely love this track. So please, please, someone else discuss it. Yeah, I mean, we have our interview with uh, one of the Witcher 3's composers that all of you should go read, but he talks a lot about the styles that they used and how it's not necessarily in a Polish tradition of audio, but the a lot of attention went into the Witcher 3 soundtrack in the musical traditions that it presents. And I mean, this one is using a lot of the same instrumentation that you see in the main soundtrack. And the sort of, there's a lot of, vocals in the Witcher 3 soundtrack, although not necessarily words, but just in terms of using the voice as an instrument. 
And I mean, this absolutely fits. I mean, this would accompany a boss battle really well. And I do think, I agree with you completely that it's it sort of focuses on the interplay between Siri and Geralt because it is sort of an adoptive daughter relationship that they have, but it's also sort of one of of mutual respect because they're both so strong. Um, yeah. You know, a, a good portion of The Witcher Three is just focused on like how strong is Siri now? What has happened to Siri? And Geralt is obviously not a weakling. Um, but that's what's so interesting about this, is that both of the sets of vocals are sort of equally powerful in different ways, which is how Geralt and Ciri are. They're both very powerful in different ways. Uh, so, especially once you get about three and a half minutes in and you have the sort of back and forth of the male and female vocals, I mean, I'm I'm 100% on board, and it, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, the duet is I mean, fantastic. I love it. Just makes me wish I had my computer that can play The Witcher 3 here, because gosh, I want to finish that. I actually hadn't heard. Maybe I should have. I, don't, I haven't heard anything from this group before. <gasps> song, I know. I know. Send wrong? him the Commander Shepard song now. Someone. Okay. Hey, hey that song is I awesome linked, too. I linked the entire YouTube channel. Just listen to everything. Okay, I'll look it up. No, this. <laughs> Good. Matt I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do when I pick like my songs for our segment <laughs> of the show because this is like, it's gonna be hard to top this one. I like all, all the songs we have today, but this is just, I did, I don't know, it was a big surprise to me, and I just love, love, love this song. What's yeah, the, I mean, um, there's a, <laughs> I, we have really good uh, terminology for music here, like I know one of our last episodes we described something as the farty sound, so <laughs> my my, uh, my fun word for the day is the twangy sound in this song, because I can't really tell what kind of instrument it is. The guitar? Is it a guitar? I don't think it's a guitar, is it? It sounds like acoustic guitar, like, kind of tuned in a certain way. May I, okay. Not, I wasn't sure if it was some, like, very, like, exotic something or other in here. I, just, I think like, that's the I thing. Like... I think because um, it's it's just one guy who does this, and except for this one, he had a co-star to do the, the lyrics. And um, and he mix he I've seen he he does some of his videos where he shows the individual parts of recording and he plays each part individually and then mixes it together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and and so I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's some really clever um, audio trickery going on here. I'm not sure exactly because this is one of the videos that was set to gameplay footage. So that could very well be that it's a more conventional instrument that was like um, filtered or tuned in a in a specific way to make it sound more witchery. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would say that's exactly what it is. It's a filtered or it's modulated, a modulated acoustic guitar. Or it might just be an acoustic guitar with multiple tracks playing it. Yeah, that, that's very likely as well. I think sometimes I, if you I follow him on Twitter and he'll sometimes tweet like about how many layers a certain song has. So that's always interesting to find out like, oh, yeah, this has like 60 different audio layers or something. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how much work this has to be. But the end result is is so worth it. I mean, everything I've heard from him is just so it's perfectly fitting for the game, and it even you know reflects the the style of music used in the game. Yeah, definitely. It's good stuff. Also, good stuff is the song that sounds like '90s Dream Theater from Shining Resonance. Marcos, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? I have no idea what you're talking about, but the track it's a Dream uh, Theater. It's such a good band. No, no, I've heard great things about it. I'm more I of just... a liquid tension experiment guy myself. That's <laughs> acceptable, I guess. <laughs> I see, yes. Um, Kirisaku uh, Ungeki uh, 
from what I understand, just watching these playthrough videos, I think it's a uh, song that you encounter uh, when you meet a bunch of enemies, or I guess a, a stronger battle. So uh, that's why it has that, that sense of urgency and that uh, very, uh, I guess, passionate percussion to it. Kind of like a... Yeah, that drum machine is going nuts. It's yeah. like, like the 32nd notes go into 64th notes. <laughs> what yeah, on I really earth? Like I liked this when I first heard it because I had no context for it. So once I hit track 15, it just like, oh, this is, mm. ah, and then it got faster. I was like, oh, this, this is a very, very aggressive uh, track. And when I finally found out what, what happens, I was like, yeah, man, that bass drum is just kicking it. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons why I picked this, because it's just, this is the battle track, and actually, uh, it's a really good battle no, track. No, no, you, you don't say. I thought it was like the second town in the game. <laughs> no, it's actually the, the road dance music uh, between the main characters. <sighs> oh man, I, man, I want to see some pictures mm. of those main characters. Now, now I know. Now I know why. Did, now I know why did, we didn't get this game like in the West because that would be way too metal. Yeah, that makes me like. Are the main characters Mad Max and Furiosa or something? To have that be their this be their romance track? But <laughs> it, it, anyway, I mean, I think it is super energetic and fun. Obviously, a a battle track of some kind. The for it, like everything's super intense. The syncopated like guitar chords. It's like yeah, this is this is you know tiptoeing the border of uh, of power metal. <laughs> so uh, and it's super fun to listen to. I I don't know a damn thing about any of the recent Shining games. You so uh, is this technically in the Shining series or is it just uh, is Shining just happened to be in the title? Yeah, it's, I think no. it's. No, okay, it's, it, it's, it is tied to the series. Uh, I mean, I'm right. yeah. never going to get this game. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know anything about any Shining game made in the past 15 years. But, yeah. uh, but no, it sounds super cool. Thanks yeah, for so, I actually thought it sounded familiar in terms of the composer's style, and it turns out I am correct. And that's because this composer, uh, Hitoshi Fujima, has actually been featured on Wild Arms 5 and the Wild Arms Crossfire soundtrack. Uh -huh. uh, it's some of my favorite soundtracks from there. And I think also uh, Suikoden. Um, uh, what the heck was the DS Suikoden called? The weird Tear Christ. Tear Christ. Tear Christ. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I thought the style sounded familiar, and that's because it is, and it's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. The whole soundtrack's great. I mean, like I wouldn't use this track to uh, to like define this whole soundtrack because you'd be very misled. It's actually a very uh, pleasant soundtrack, aside from the uh, battle music that get you pumping. Yeah, well, um, I know stylistically Sega has gone with a sort of uh, a more mellow tone with some of the more recent Shining games. Mm -hmm. Hiroki Kikuta did uh, Shining, Shining, Shining. I can't remember a couple of years I mean, ago. Aren't, aren't there like ten of them in the two thousands? I because I, 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 I saw an art I mean, book that just had a bunch of Shining games I hadn't heard of. I, I really wasn't aware that the series had been continuing until sort of recently. But there's yeah, there, was there seems to be a bunch Japan of only ones. Yeah, I mean, they, they make a lot. And I mean, I, I played one of them. It was like a Valkyria Chronicles sort of ripoff. I mean, it was a good one. And I mean, I guess Sega made that too. So they weren't ripping off something they own. How can I steal something I own? This oh, Final actually, Fantasy they, game is ripping off Final Fantasy. Actually, the composer oh. was also featured on Chaos Rings 3. So, gosh. Oh, wow. Good on them. This awesome track by a composer who evidently has an awesome set of credentials. Yeah, he, he gets around, I guess. Or she? He toasts. It's probably a guy. Okay. 
Sorry, I got distracted. I was listening to that beginning part again. I love the beginning of this song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's my favorite part, actually. That sucker picks up. Mm. Oh, yeah, this is great stuff. I'm slowly making a list of everything I'm going to have to go get after we finish this Music of the Year podcast. It's my yearly penance for making other people have to go get new music. <laughs> Do you need me to send you some money? <laughs> <laughs> So before we spend another hour gushing over those three tracks, because it seems like everyone wants to, let's move on to, oh gosh, there's only three blocks. We're almost at the end. No. <laughs> uh, we're not, quick, quick, we're everyone not. pick three more tracks and we'll be fine. No, just let me do it. I have fun. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, I do turn into a pumpkin at midnight, so we probably should get on with this. It's like way past midnight, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Time zones. Time zones. Bright and sunny here, baby. But I guess you could say that where you guys are, you're at the bottom of the night. Wow. Or that the sky is veiled in black, depending on what Peter picked. Okay, so I had two tracks for this block, and we're only going with one of them, and you might hear the other one later. And the one I selected for the, the purposes of this discussion is Veiled in Black, which is the night battle theme from Final Fantasy 15 episode Duske, and hopefully the final game, because it's a really, really awesome song. And you know, my, I love the song so much, I seriously thought I had already picked it twice, and it turns out I hadn't, I picked something else. I seriously I mean, thought I had played this already, because this song I love so much, I was like, there's no way I didn't put this on the podcast. It didn't have a title back when I first fell in love with it, but now it does. That's an awesome title, too. It is. Yep. So, Sorry, I, I yeah. cut off your introduction again. I'm terrible today. It's 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 all good. It can wait. It can wait till we discuss the track. Um, we should probably talk. Um, ask Marcos what he picked. What did Marcos pick? I chose Battle of Tribulation from the Bravely Second End Layers soundtrack. Now this is really interesting because it's a different composer from the original Bravely Default, and I'm actually really curious. I was really curious before listening to the track. You know, how's it going to be different? Or is yeah. it? Yeah, it's. Uh, Rio is very different from Revo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Surprising yeah. to, based on how you, yeah, because, yeah, that was a bad I've a, too. I've actually listened to this whole soundtrack quite a bit, so I'll have more to comment afterwards. I don't want to slow us down here. I thought about taking something from Bravely Second when I was uh, picking things from this, but I didn't pick that. But then you I... had a Bravely Second thought. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> is, is this oh, music man. of the year or puns of the year? Well, that's not making both? any pun of the year lists, so we're definitely oh. in music of it's the year. It's not ironic, it's just a coincidence. Oh, man. Well, okay. Mike, will you tell us what the next track is? <laughs> I will, because the song is called Will from Oreshika Tainted Bloodlines for the PS Vita. Which is the game you have been extolling the virtues of for quite a while now. Sort of. I think I'm one of the like 25 people in the United States that bought it, but uh, we we can tell we can talk about that a little later. Uh, yeah, Orishiga Tainted Bloodlines came out in 2015. Excellent. And our final block for you three gentlemen coming up. We have Veiled in Black, Battle of Tribulations, and Will.
I will forever associate Veiled in Black with me dying a lot because yes. um, because I, I I played episode Dusuke and I had I still wasn't like hadn't come to grips with the combat system and I hadn't leveled up much and all of a sudden I got ambushed by soldiers at night and the battle's going on forever and I keep dying and then I keep getting revived and then I keep trying to figure out what I'm doing and then I kept dying again all while this song is playing. 
And so I kind of have it's that locked. Song. I kind of have that locked in my memory of this is a song of harrowing nighttime escapes, and I just want to find the campground and go to sleep, but these soldiers keep pestering me. It's, it, it's, it's. If this is any indication of what Final Fantasy XV's soundtrack is going to be like, then I think we're in for a real treat. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I. Like, like I said before, I'm sort of surprised we haven't played this. I must have just confused myself, because I don't know how I didn't play this, because this song is one of my favorite things to happen this year. Now that you've picked it, I don't have to. Um, Happy to be of service. But it just, it, what I love about it, among everything, is like, the piano is sort of the lead instrument here, and everything else is sort of following along with the piano, and it exchanges places with the violin a few times, you know, when you have breakdowns that are just the violin, but it's sort of, and you have you have the piano and the lead sort of exchanging, or the, the piano and the violin sort of exchanging as the lead instrument, and then the percussion is coming in and out, and then you have those two sequences in the middle where it sort of stops, and you have just that doo -doo 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 -doo, and it's just the violin, and then the percussion is like and it all comes back. Oh, it's just dramatic and awesome, and it's like it's undoubtedly Shimamura, but it is not her Kingdom Hearts sound. Her Kingdom Hearts sound comes up a lot in like the Mario role-playing games. And sort of, you know, it crops up here and there in her other projects. But I think she's definitely able to do a different sound than what, what appears in Kingdom Hearts. That sort of lighter or more... Not that the Kingdom Hearts boss themes are not dramatic. But they're dramatic in sort of a different quality as this one. This one sort of has a regality to it that sounds like it belongs to Noctis. You know, veil I'm assuming Veiled in Black is either it's nighttime and Noctis is Veiled in Black or the I don't know. Everyone wears black in that game. I don't know who's who. Regality um, is a good is a good word to describe it. But yeah, exactly. Like, this song is the theme of a displaced prince wandering around fighting stuff at night. Which sounds a lot sillier when you say it out loud. But it's still a good song. I crushed you all with my words. Well, yeah. I don't have anything to add because my 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 experience was basically just the same as Peter's. Like I remember jamming out to the song and loving the song. It was the one good thing about fighting at night was listening to this music as I died over and over again trying to fight Imperial soldiers and some random goblins that decided they wanted to eat my face. But ten thousand random goblins yeah. decided to eat face me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of felt like it. Yeah, After a while, that, there was something about episode two game for just everything aggro's you and you at once. Yes, especially at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nighttime was just like I was like I should not even go out at night. I should find a campground and make camp and just only be out during the day because I'm gonna die at night. I eventually played enough and fought enough, at least during the daytime, that I leveled up to the point where it was not a problem. But I, I, I was like that for a few hours. Like, when it would become nighttime, I was really, really careful about where I was walking. Because I did not want to get into combat at all at the beginning of the <laughs> demo. It's, like, way too dangerous out there. So, I, I don't mind that. I like that. I which imagine... I, yeah, which I that. guess is what they were going for, I suppose. Yeah, I imagine it'll be like that in the regular game, too. Where you get to a new area and you don't know what's what's out there. And then it's just even more dangerous at night. But that, that's cool. Oh, also, it's a really good song. I guess I was supposed to be talking about the music, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a good song. Yeah, once you can hear the song and not have just terror in your mind and focus on the fact that it's a really great battle theme, then it's a lot better. 
I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty much most excited for Final Fantasy XV for the soundtrack. Not that I'm not excited for the game and don't think it'll be very good and could be amazing. I don't know yet. But a, a new four-disc Shimomura soundtrack with the production value and the amount of money that gets thrown into a Final Fantasy soundtrack is intoxicating, and it's going to be out so soon. <laughs> this year, though, I mean... We will see like, I was going to say, we don't know exactly when yet. We will apparently see its final form in March. So. And get a release date. I'm guessing yeah, the release date is going to be summer. Is yeah. their final form going to... Like, are they all going to have blonde hair? So I just think Tabata is going to walk in and he's going to rip his shirt off and then his hair is going to turn blue <laughs> and then they're going to come up with a... And they're going to come up with a really dumb name for it. And then they're going to make fun of that really dumb name when they turn the movie into an anime. And this is a Dragon Ball Super joke that's not going anywhere. So we should probably talk about the next Wait, <laughs> Wow. I'm lost. It simultaneously went nowhere, but also it went Dra everywhere. Dragon Ball Super is mostly an adaptation of the two recent movies. That's the joke. And it's kind of disappointing. Is that the current hmm. show? Yeah, the current show. It, it's it's, well, it's 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 a manga that's also being adapted into a show at the same time, and but most people do seem to not be into it. Yeah, Dragon it's a Ball. Shame. Yeah, the new Dragon Ball. Yeah, you gotta have blue hair. So Marcos <laughs> has a song. Yes, I do have a song. Yeah, my song is "Battle of Tribulations" from Bravely Second Layer, and it is. Probably one of my favorite battle themes uh, for this year. Probably for the reason that it sounds kind of like um, killer music or very psychotic music in the very beginning and throughout. Yeah. I was really thrown uh, off when I first heard this on the soundtrack uh, after hearing that like glass break and it sounded like this very low, um, was it, I think, electric bass or very low electric guitar. I can't really tell. But you just have that like dissonant strings in the higher register. I'm like, well, it's like psycho music happening. I'm really curious on like where this game is gonna go with it, and especially uh, when they bring in the choir that starts singing like very dramatically, like some oh, kind yeah. of uh, haunting or like I don't. I feel like this game is weird. I I have really seen nothing of this game. However, I feel like it's gonna be like I don't want to say Halloween theme, but more of a I guess. Well, there. You, you dressed up all the time in the first one as well. <laughs> it's Costume Quest 3. I, 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 I get it. I understand yep. the confusion. Square Enix presents Costume Quest 3. I'd play that. <laughs> I would play that. Halloween 3 Season of the Mask. Starring... <laughs> starring Tiz, Agnes, and Mike Myers. And guy who likes to talk about sex a lot. Ring a bell. Oh, ring a bell. Yep. Oh. <laughs> hey, he was one of. He, at least he had a personality. That, and at that, least he had a he had a semi cool twist about halfway through the game too. Yeah, yeah. That set him above Did. Tiz. Well, Tiz Tiz had a doper, uh, you know, um, transform song when he went into trance mode or whatever you called it. Tiz basically. Tiz like, did have yes. my favorite song for for happy mode. You are you are my my Is hope. It? Yeah. Yes. Or. Yeah, well, I mean, I liked Adia's song better, but uh, but but his was good. I'm I'm really excited for Bravely Second. I, I'm a bit of a stan of the first game, in, in spite of its many criticisms and justifiable, you know, hangups that people have with that game. And I listened to the most of the uh, 
Bravely Second soundtrack when it came out, it's not the same as Bravely Default. It's a different composer. It's not uh, Revo and Sound Horizon. It's a guy named Rio who's done some. He who has he's in some kind of pop group and has done anime soundtracks before in the past. But I couldn't find a ton of stuff by him. Oh wait, yeah, I have Supercell. Super yeah, Supercell. Yeah, Supercell's Super his group. So I, I really wasn't aware of him or Supercell before it, uh, he was announced to be the Bravely Second guy. And it's, it's, it, like, 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 Bravely Default is always this huge, rich, bold wall of sound. And Bravely Second's soundtrack seems scaled back in comparison. And um, Battle of Tribulations is one of sort of the bigger songs in that soundtrack. And, and it's good, I like it, but it's, it, I sort of was looking for that bravely default sound as i listened to it and it never really came but it, it is a lot of cool music and i am going to play the game and listen closely to the soundtrack for uh, you know additional context but i listened to it pretty thoroughly but it wasn't one of my favorite soundtracks of 2015 just to, just just to be a debbie downer for a minute the, the rock opera thing was kind of what made bravely default soundtrack so endearing to me and this, while I, I really, I like this song, I think, but once the chorus kicked in is where I kind of said to myself, okay, now I can see this as being like a, bra- a Bravely game. But, um... Yeah, the cor- that's definitely where I started getting juiced as well. If you but, it also, but it also sounds more like more traditional JRPG, which I suppose is fitting, given that the series is thing is kind of that we're doing classic Final Fantasy because Final Fantasy is off doing something else. Do we but, call the series Bravely now, or? What? I think that's its official. Like, it's the Bravely. All right. Bravely. Bravely. Murgurger series. But um, we're all Warcraft Murlocs now. Awesome. That's basically. It's not bad. It's actually quite a good song. I'm still. I'm interested in Bravely Second. I was a little put off by the first game, too, even though I enjoyed it overall. So I guess we'll see. That's kind of the vibe I got from this song is I was willing to give it a shot. Oh, I'm 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 so I'm so willing to give it a shot. I'm buying that day one. I'm I'm an I'm a fanboy now. It's just too late for me. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to give it a shot as well. I, I, I admit I'm not quite as high on the music I've listened to so far and not necessarily to any fault of what I've heard. It's just that. Revo has such a distinctive style in what was done with the first game that it's sort of hard to come after that no matter who you are. Um, He's a hard hack to follow for sure. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just, it's very different. But again, this is one of those situations where I think hearing it in context of the game will make it a little easier to sort of get what it's trying to do. Um, and I definitely am looking forward to hearing it in the game. And, and many of the tracks I've heard are actually quite good too. Um, this, this one wasn't one of my favorites I had heard. Um, I do like when the, the main section sort of starts, but there are a lot of excellent battle themes in the game, and I think, you know, it may not be as universally lauded as the first game soundtrack was, but I definitely think there's plenty here to appreciate. Yeah, I'm... I feel so bad. We, we all keep telling Marcos, like, yeah, I'm not really crazy about this song, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I think it's interesting because the way you were describing, like, how this one has a new composer compared to the first one, and I'd never heard of this guy. Like, it's exactly what so many of us said about Xenoblade Chronicles X. Because mm. it was so different from all the composers of the first one, and I love the composers of the first one. And then the music is 
a totally different style and a lot of us weren't sure about it and I've like I know I've definitely come around like completely on that game. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe we might feel that way here too, especially once we know context of some of the songs. Well, I mean, sure, I understand that comparison, but I have listened to the entire album and I can say for sure I don't like it as much as Bravely Default's soundtrack. Okay. But uh, but it, I mean, I do want to hear it. A, a lot of them could be enhanced via context, and I think that when you're judging like the soundtrack to a video game context, um, a lot of things can be enhanced by experience and context. Sure. But I, I still have to say, I, I mean, Bravely Default's one of my all-time favorite soundtracks. Not exaggerating. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fanboy of that thing. But oh, um, yeah, Bravely Second didn't hit me as hard. And I, and for Bravely Default, it was a similar thing, where I heard the soundtrack for over a year before playing the game. But yeah, this, it's not quite the same. I like it's a lot of it's good. Battle of Tribulations is a really good song, but. I, I was a little disappointed overall by the soundtrack. Well, I'd say to say that you probably weren't disappointed by our last pick of the episode. Right. Yeah, well, in a way, um, Oreshika is like the opposite of Bravely Second, because for Bravely Second, I was really anticipating it. It was a follow-up to one of my favorite games ever, but I hadn't even heard of Oreshika until after it had came out. Um, in Japan, the game is actually Oreshika 2 because the first Oreshika is like a, I think a PS1 game that uh, never left Japan. And then they made a Vita sequel to it like 15 years after the original. And so the, uh, this Oreshika 2 is the one that Sony released in March, digital only, to no fanfare at all. So I, I saw it pop up in some reviews and it seemed really cool, so I bought it and downloaded it on a whim. And man, this game is weird and interesting. Uh, for a lot of reasons that I probably shouldn't go into in detail. And the music is um, very traditional Japanese. Like, it's, it's taiko and uh, shamisen and Japanese flute everywhere to be heard. And it's, it's a little weird because in a way it's a management sim since you're doing things sort of one day at a time and days pass and then you can attack the evil dungeon on certain days if you want. But your characters only live about 15 to 20 days because of some curse. So you're always, you know, you're, you're breeding new characters and, and uh, hiring new, new characters to be in your clan. But whenever the head of your clan dies, you get a credit sequence and then Will plays during that. And it, it adds, because the song is this beautiful, sad credits song, it sort of adds gravitas to whenever your, uh, you know, presumably your best character of the past few hours falls in battle or dies of sickness. And it's, the whole soundtrack is very cool and interesting, but that is, like, Will is the one song on it that I kept going back to because it was, it's just so pretty, both the vocals and the instrumentation. And when I hear it, I think of the time I played in that game and the and the members of Clan Dogi that had fallen in battle over the several <laughs> hours I played it. Clan Dogi. Yep, yeah. I, yeah. I call I named my clan Clan Dogi with its colors uh, blue and red. Gee, I wonder if that could yeah. be a reference too. <laughs> but no, um, Orijig is a cool game with a lot of interesting music, and I implore you to you know do some research on it and see if it it might be your cup of tea. It's funny you mentioned that it's a credit song, because that was what I thought listening to it, is that, I mean, is that, aside from just being a vocal theme, and that's kind of, like, a, a kind of a knee-jerk reaction, it sounded to me like the end credits of an episode 
like like to a, a TV series or something. Yeah, well, in a way, that's right, because I, I think I mentioned before, it, whenever the head of your clan dies, you hear it. So I heard it probably ten times in my one playthrough of the game. Mm-hmm, yeah, that, 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 that would stick with you, for sure. Yeah. It's a good thing it's such a pretty song, <laughs> if you're going to be hearing also, it a lot. It's also a good thing that you can skip it by pressing the start button if you want, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that song. Yeah, I do like the style. Um, the vocals in particular are my favorite part of this one. You know, I, I can be hit or miss on vocals. I, I never tend to actually care what people are singing, with few exceptions, like when I need a bigger gun. But I agree, it's very credits-feeling. It feels like the song you'd hear at the end of an episode of an anime. And, you know, based on your description, that sounds like it works. I'd definitely be interested to hear more of the other music. Is there is the rest of the soundtrack a little more, like, are there fast-paced tracks? Yes. Like, you know... Um, yeah, the uh, the dungeon music and the boss music is pretty fast-paced, but like I said, it's uh, the whole aesthetic of the game is, is like Samurai Clan, very traditional feudal Japanese. So mm. there's a lot of, a lot of, like, you know, hot-blooded taiko drumming and things sounds of like that Kishida nature. Blade. Yeah, sure, sort of. It's um, honestly the rest of the soundtrack gets a little bit repetitive since there's not a ton of diversity between the tracks when you're whether you're at your clan's home or out in a dungeon. Hmm. But interesting. I use it as a podcasting game. Like when I listen to my huge backlog of podcasts, I'll play a game that I that where the music and audio isn't a key experience. Usually, my podcast game is Diablo three. But, mm. uh, which has good music, but, you know, I mean, you've heard of them so many times, I don't need to hear them again. Yeah, so, indeed. yeah, so, like, the soundtrack as a whole is fine, and, but it, and it really fits the aesthetic and vibe of the game, but the only song that really stood out was that credits song, and it was, that, you know, would add a, a tragic element when one of your key characters died. And, I mean, and again, like, most characters die after uh, 16 or 17 in-game days. So, it it happens. It's a depressing lifespan. No, yeah, the the curse is weird. It's and your characters start out with terrible stats until they reach adolescence, which is like day seven or so, and then they plateau, and then their their stats start deteriorating around uh, day fourteen or fifteen of their life until they die. It's it's I'm just, it's a it's a it's an odd mechanic for sure, but it like will uh, fits the the theme of the game comparing it to an anime's uh, credits like end credits song is a, a very apt comparison I think and um, yeah the vocals are really pretty in it excellent gentlemen thank you for coming on the music of the year show and sharing your favorite picks from the year I'm sure each of you will have more to feature in our written feature allow myself to introduce myself anyway we're all sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of, all of you folks in the United States are sleepy, but uh, we have just begun our Music of the Year celebration, and it will continue unabated with thousands more guests and thrills and chills and Mr. Game & Watch 9s all over the place. It's going to be insanity, and I'm speaking nonsense now, too. I've actually been awake for two days straight because of jet lag, so I'm starting to lose my bananas as well. But anyways, Mike... Marcos, Peter, thank you for being on Music of the Year. Thank you for your picks. They were all excellent. Ladies and gentlemen that are listening now, please continue doing so as we have even more coming up. I don't know what's coming next or how we're going to edit it, so I'm not going to say what's coming next. I'm just going to say stick around. Go watch it, die. 
街のざわめき愛想笑いの憂鬱本音なんていつかどこか見えないふりだねだって不安なんてそんな言われなくても分かってる壊したい大事そうに抱えた強がりなんてでも素直にバレない迷っても投げてでも君が求めるなら攻めてくの孤独を痛みを壊して生まれ変わりたい青い空は窮屈に上辺だけを映し出すこの未来をずっとずっとぼやかしてる曖昧につながる世界は It's the one joke they have, and it's not funny the first time. He doesn't even look like a potato! <laughs> he w- but he was hiding in a bunch of... Well, they weren't potatoes. Were, they were turnips they? or something. Yeah. yeah, I put my yeah. head in the refrigerator sometimes to get food. It doesn't mean I've become a carrot. <laughs>